This is episode 171. The guitar is back, comma, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's the tone control, and I once again forgot the bell until this moment. That's fine. I like this model. It works for us. <laughs> it does. Now it's time to get extremely formal. No, that's, that's not really how we do it. It is not. Uh, man, so we haven't had a guest on in quite a while, and uh, people Somebody around the Somebody just internet, asked us to have a guest. It was, it was some like, people what, what, have been asking. And right, so the, the thing is, like, we just passed seven years of doing this podcast, and right. it, every year it gets me thinking, like, what could we do? What could make the podcast better? We should have guests. We should do giveaways. We should do something, something. And I get this, like, weird, you know, motivation, like, oh, I'm going to email all these people. I'm going to you know, figure <laughs> out all these things to do for the show and make the show better. And right So the, the fifth list, or sixth person you asked finally said yes, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, first try. Um, right, I just I, I was like, you know who I should ask is Rhett Shull. Rhett Shull likes to talk about gear and does uh-huh. gear for his job. And yep. I emailed you, and you were like, yeah, let's do it. And so here we are. That's the end of the story. I'm <laughs> I'm just still excited that people want to like talk to me and and that kind of stuff. It honestly is is quite flattering. So thank you for having me, man. This is cool. Well, I can already tell you, you're welcome back anytime. And, <laughs> and what's also uh, cool is that then, like, just... your your community has a Discord server, as does yep. ours. Uh, yep. So we can do that little cross Discord promotion thing. You, <laughs> so you guys are the officially can pop in there. Yeah, you guys are officially the only other Discord server I've ever <laughs> joined, other than my own. <laughs> so <laughs> right. I have two servers over here on the left. It's mine and yours. <laughs> so, Sweet. I'm gonna be jumping in here from now on. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, well, we're a pretty small crew in Discord. It's still like a lot of people who aren't already gamers and very familiar with Discord seem to be a little afraid of it or a little cautious of what it's for. Um, But as we were just saying before recording, it's become such a great platform for podcasting. Yeah. And the the community that you can grow with it around really anything, but like with guitar stuff, it's great because we can share files. We're sharing Helix patches back and forth. We're talking about new gear and music theory and everything. So it's a lot of fun. It can look like a lot of buttons at first, but yeah. Oh, I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Um, (laughs) I had, I literally had to have subscribers set my discord up for me. Like Uh I just put a blast (laughs) out on Instagram last year. I was like, Hey, um, I started a discord help. (laughs) Because <laughs> I, I didn't really know what it was, and I'm not a gamer really or anything like that, and and so I had a a group of guys, um, Tommy and Tomas and and some of those guys that just took it over and were like, all right, man, we'll we'll do this for you. So literally, all I just jump in a couple times a day and say, hey, what's up, guys? You know, and talk to some people, and then they <laughs> they run the whole thing. It's like I check in. There's new chat rooms and there's new subgroups and there's all kinds of yeah. stuff. So it's it's yeah, cool. I just joined it yesterday or something. Yeah. Um, and I was just hundreds of people in there, and I was like, "Wow, everybody's just kind of chill and talking about gear and talking about pedals, and that's cool." And then this morning or sometime yesterday afternoon, you popped in, and it was like, "Oh my gosh, 
Look, in the distance, it's a ret. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. He hasn't been here in 10 days, but he just jumped in while he's making coffee this morning. Quick, ask him a question before he leaves. <laughs> yeah, that's what it seems like. There's like 100 people waiting to ask you a question about a pedal. And you're yeah. just like, coffee's pretty good, right? You know? Yeah. Well, it's like, I, I don't think... So I have a I have a, a my own sort of Patreon-style thing called The Green Room. And there's a private forum that that I created for The Green Room members. And I'll check in once or twice a day. And it took a while to uh to to kind of become self-sustaining you know for a long mm-hmm. time it was just a handful of people and it would only post like i would make a post and then the same two or three people would respond and it was just kind of that way but luckily now over the past couple of months it's gotten to the point now where it's sort of this uh critical mass where it's becoming an actual forum and and so i just that's cool basically my presence there is i post some lesson videos like once a week um or once every couple of weeks <laughs> and, and then i'll find like a cool video on youtube that and, and just go post that like, dude, have you guys seen this? This guy's sick. And then that, you know, discussion ensues. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I think we're, we have a very small critical mass of like three or four <laughs> people that keep talking and that includes me and Justin. <laughs> but um, every now <laughs> nice. and then, like I'll, I'll sign on in the morning and there's been a bunch of activity, which is really yeah. cool to see people talking about gear, just talking about gear, talking about video games, talking about movies. Um, it's been really fun, especially now. Cause like we can fold in the Patreon perk it makes it so much more interactive and it makes it more than just our podcast kind of existed in a vacuum before that. Right. So now it gives it this like place to live. So we were chit chatting and creating inside jokes. And frankly, the inside joke creation rate has uh, become (laughs) like a geometric increase since starting discord, (laughs) Um, which will probably happen. I don't know. We'll see. Geometric (laughs) is a pretty big unit of measure. I imagine. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's the right word where it's multiplying by unit. itself each time. Exponential. Oh, exponential. No, exponential is. I don't remember. <laughs> one one of them is more. One of them is more. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I never made it past algebra and never made it past one year of college, so I'm not the guy to ask about math. <laughs> uh, Brian in the chat says it's a quantum quantum butts is the measurement. <laughs> cool. Quantum butts. All right, we'll probably get there. Hey, I'm gonna. So yeah. I I'm gonna we're gonna pretend this is as regular of an episode as possible, and I'm gonna play this robot. Thanks to Pedal Genie for sponsoring the tone control. Visit pedalgenie.com and start your wish list today. Wow. Awesome, right? <laughs> Some real oh, so cool high tech shit over here. My tech department <laughs> is my iPhone, um, <laughs> and sort of me, I guess. But anyways, um, well. What what how should how should we approach this? Should we should we do it like it's written on the doc or or what? Sure. I mean, I kind of like when we have a guest on. I do like talking about the things we were going to talk about anyway with a third person because it's yeah. exciting to me to get a take from someone who's new. And and the first thing is this news story that was from uh, I don't know a week ago or so mm-hmm. about Fender selling more guitars in 2020 than any other year on record. Which yeah, just man. seems like insane to me, but it also makes perfect sense because what better time to start playing guitar <laughs> or or buy a new guitar, I guess. The pandemic right. boom of 2020, man. Yeah, it's been 
weird, I guess. I haven't bought a lot of gear. Its tendrils touch every sector. <laughs> that is, yeah. It's unfortunate, but true. And I was thinking, yeah. like, I haven't bought a guitar in all of this. Have I bought a pedal? Um, tendrils touch would be a great band name. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> I'm not joking. I have a I have a list of band names that I've been building for about six years, and I'm going to add that. Oh, All right. um, quick PSA: We write down little quips throughout the show to double as show titles, episode titles. So okay. that's going on that list too. All right, good. That's a contender. Tendrils touch. <laughs> okay, cool. Actually, I have bought a pedal during quarantine. I bought the Fat Guy Little Coat Fuzz from Doug, which is still one of the best fuzzes. Um, that's a that's also a good name. It's a great name, and it's one of the. It's in a mini enclosure too, which is wow. just. Hilarious. It's a mini pedal, and it's got a giant knob, so it's like fat guy little coat. Oh my god, <laughs> thing sounds awesome. Anyway, so, so Fender's um, selling a bunch of guitars, and I don't know. I feel like I did. Did anyone else have this problem where at the beginning of lockdown you're like, well, I guess now I have all that time I said that I would take to practice guitar more effectively, and then never did it because that was absolutely me. I mean, yeah. I mean, I never made that promise to begin with. I feel like I have always said to myself, well, if I truly had nothing else to do, I would end up doing X or Y, or I'd have this hmm. really locked-in practice regimen with guitar because I'd have all the time. If I had all the time, and now I do, and I'm just filled with excuses over not <laughs> why I yeah. shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> yeah. I, I never practiced to begin with, um, and I play guitar every day, but I don't, I don't practice. So it was not like a, I, I did have like a whiff of that motivation right when the lockdown, lockdown of officially started. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, man, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to put out video every two days. I'm going to be practicing. I'm going to become such a badass on guitar and didn't touch it. My, my video output dropped my playing. I didn't touch guitar for days at a time. It, yeah. The exact opposite yeah. happened. Wow. Yeah, and like guitar is not my job, so I still had work and stuff. So really, like my day to day didn't change. It was just like all this other time where I might be out with friends or or in my band doing shows. Like, yeah, right. So <laughs> now it's just like I, I am finally now in uh, September of this year, starting to like play more. I have my gear set up. That was the big thing for a long time. I was so bummed out. I didn't want to set up any stuff. It's just that barrier to entry was so weird. But I guess not everyone has felt that way because Fender's selling a shitload of guitars. Do they describe what kind of difference, like a like a, in a percentile or something that's that's comparative? Um, according to Brian in the chat, scrolling through the article, the, did they say at what price point? That would be interesting. I'm not sure if they have also said like by how many, but many other manufacturers have cited surges in their, their sales mm. this year. I'm not sure by how much. Um, so... I saw the New York Times article that came out last week. Um, the one that has the worst title ever. The guitar is back, comma, baby. Uh. Uh, and just, Jesus. Can we? Okay. So anyway, um, it was a good article though. And they, they kind of approached it from a few different angles. And one of the things that I thought was interesting was they talked to one of the Sweetwater sales engineers. Uh, I forget who it was. It wasn't mine. Um, and <laughs> it wasn't mine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I Some known. other engineer, who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and they they were quoted as saying that for Sweetwater, it was equivalent to Black Friday every day Whoa. across their, their sales force, that, that all of Sweetwater. And then locally here, there's a shop in Atlanta that I go to, um, Righteous Guitars, and they're known, I mean, it's an impressive shop. There's a, essentially in, inside is like two stories, tall and they have a wall that's floor to ceiling of just all guitars. I mean, there's probably 
I don't know, maybe a thousand guitars in the wall, 1100 Jesus. guitars on the wall, something like that. Maybe, I, maybe That's less, awesome. I don't know. <laughs> I'm shooting from the hip there. So don't quote me, but there's a, there's a lot of guitars <laughs> in the wall. And, uh, I went a couple weeks ago and for the first time ever, I've seen, there's like a huge swath of their wall missing of just guitars. It's a big hole where a bunch of guitars normally are. They can't keep them in stock. Whoa. They're purchased. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Gone. But that's, you know, um, I, I guess I, th- it's what's surprising to me about some of that is that that's not like a small ticket item. Typically, Mm-mm. I mean, obviously there's a big variance, but, yeah. um, and this is also at a time when a lot of people, you know, like there was supposed to be a lot of economic struggles too. So yeah, like I, it, it isn't one of the things that I was expecting. I was expecting, you know, podcasts and TV to see you know, surges and dips and whatever is going to happen, but I, I don't yeah, know. I mean, I think TV probably saw a surge. Podcasts across the board, including this one, saw a dip because of no drive time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like my my yeah. my podcast listening is awful just because I'm not commuting anywhere anymore. I'm still working from home, so like right. I have to carve out time in my day to like it's podcast time. And I'm going to sit here and listen to my <laughs> podcast and be such a weirdo about it instead of just putting it on in the car like a normal human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. I, 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 uh, I see in the article, they are saying that they have, so their app, Fender Play, mm-hmm. which has like free lessons and stuff. I think stuff it's lessons. I think in, it's subscription-based, it. isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, okay, so free trials over the lockdown period, the user base goes from uh, 930,000, sorry, two, what, what, what? Hold on. I think there's a, there's a typo in this article. There's a typo. I, yeah. I think it went from 150,000 to 930,000 between March and late June. Wow. And 20% of new users under 24, 70% under 45, new female users went from 30% to 45%. That's yeah, cool. and that's, that's what I've heard is that a large, I think, yeah, 40, 45% of the new guitar sales that are happening right now are female, which is yeah. super cool. You know, that is cool. Um, I was just looking at the podcast analytics because I was in how do we make the podcast better brain and something like 2% of our listenership is yeah. female. Dude, that here is my channel. My channel is, it was 98.7% male. And then mm-hmm. about two weeks ago, I looked at it again and it's gone down to 96% male. So that's a huge right. win for me. <laughs> that's <laughs> a huge gain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. interesting. I wish, I mean, guitar stuff can be so toxic and so gatekeepy and I, oh, yeah. I hate that yeah. so much. So, yeah. I mean, I, I'd like to think that we're not that way here, but, uh, it's just, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a boys club, unfortunately. Yeah, I'd Absolutely. like to see that change, man. Um, Me too, yes. There, there's there's a lot of things about guitar culture just across the board that I would like to see changed, and that's that's one of them for sure. Yeah. Adding that to the notes. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> sort of kidding, but no. Uh, um, okay, well, uh, yeah, that that's surprising, but but pretty neat, and you know, good good for them. I'm assuming it's not just Fender. Uh, yeah, um, I doubt it. And I Brian's saying that. People maybe spent their canceled vacation money at Sweetwater. That could yep. totally be oh, the case. Canceled I vacation also, um, money. I also, I don't know about you guys, but because of driving and not going out and stuff, I'm saving more money than ever. And mm. it's nice. I have this like kind of disposable income to buy to like buy guitar gear for shows I'm not playing. Yeah, cool. But <laughs> I don't know. It's it's kind of a yeah a weird weird situation. <laughs> well, the thing that I've seen is like the camera world the the you know video youtube live streaming mm-hmm. world 
you cannot get anything from like B&H photo that has anything to do with live streaming, any capture cards, right. any ATEM switchers. You know, we, we were trying to buy up stuff for this live series that we're doing. And it took, I ordered this one switcher right at the beginning of the pandemic and it took 10 and a half weeks oh. to get there. I waited on it so long that they literally came out with the next generation <laughs> of switcher. <laughs> <laughs> After I ordered mine, they announced like, hey, it's this new ATEM switcher version 2.0 or whatever. They released it, sold all of them out, and were on back order before I got my previous generation one in the mail. So, oh, no. Holy there cow. you go. I, I've been seeing the, just this exactly same thing with uh, podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, any microphones, the gear, uh, Rode is trying to own that whole scene and like they make a bunch of like the Rodecaster and stuff yeah. like that. Everybody wants them. Nobody can find them. Um, I, so I, my, uh, cause Rhett, you don't, you don't know us. Um, I'm, uh, my, my day job is, is a, a recording studio engineer. I, I do a oh, lot yeah. of like uh, some, some uh, about half music and half other things. I do a lot of stuff with podcast clients, which has gone crazy. And I had to start really kind of scheduling out when I could answer my phone. Right. Um, and everybody wants advice about starting their show and, possibly producing it for them. And it's like, what do I buy? Well, I have no idea because everything is sold out. Yeah. Nobody mm. can find a microphone. Oh yeah. And this guy, I have seen this. Uh, what is this? this? It's like, this a, it's the... like, I think it's aimed at gaming, but it's, it's like a microphone. Oh, it's from Marantz. That's right. It's a webcam. A camera and... and a ring light and everything. Whoa. I think it's aimed at, at web conferencing, like, like uh, zoom calls, right? Or is it is aimed it really? at podcasting? I, I feel like this for is sure aggressive. It's a gaming for... device. <laughs> it looks like a piece of medical equipment. Like they would wheel yeah. that into an exam room and you'd be like, holy shit, what, what's about to happen to me? It's like an articulating arm for the microphone and, and the camera is like adjustable height and stuff like that. Man. It's, uh, yeah. It's got like audio controls right on the thing and camera controls. That's, it's crazy. I'm I feel like it's pretty aggressive for um that, that's too aggressive for Zoom calls but it's probably yeah. podcasting focused yeah. yeah. I'm using a roadcaster right now maybe I should flip it I'll put it up on Craigslist for like 1500 bucks. <laughs> there you See go. See somebody bites on it, you know. There you go. <laughs> I saw the roadcaster. Is that new? I can't I don't remember, but I saw it during, a couple of years. during lockdown and I was like that's a cool piece of gear and I've been thinking about upgrading yeah. some parts of my podcast setup here at home but that's a whole friggin' operation to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. designed for people that it honestly, it's really great. I'm not, I don't have like a dealer endorsed with Road or whatever, but I, I really, it's designed for people that don't know anything about audio and recording and mixing and everything mm-hmm. to be able to record something that sounds halfway decent. It essentially takes yeah. all the guesswork and, and hard stuff out of it for you. Right. So you can just do it yourself. It's great. And if you buy their mics and tell the thing what mic you're plugging into it, they've got like EQ presets built in for their own oh, microphones cool. and stuff. So yeah, it's really kind of, um, and I think it seems like you could broadcast from it too. Um, to yeah. I use it for stuff. live streams. I've used it for like Q and a live streams and stuff before. It's great. Cause you can bring in a bunch of different sources and, mm. and it's got yeah. a ton of gain on tap. Like I'm using an SM seven here, which, and I don't have any kind of cloud lifter or anything in line and there's plenty of gain, uh, coming into it. So Nice. Would recommend Roadcaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> cool. Very so, nice. hey, let's, uh, you want to switch gears and talk about the Juliana from Walrus Audio? Let's do. Let's do. I'm going to post a link in the chat. Oh, I closed it. Hang on. Oops. Chat is dead. <laughs> Juliana Check. Deluxe Chorus Vibrato. 
Yeah, man. Upgrade to the Julia. That looks like a fish lady. You are correct. <laughs> this is the kind of commentary that I bring. <laughs> yeah, when Justin's not, not, not researched on the show, he's like, it looks like a fish person. <laughs> I'm the guy Does that Derek sound tells like a fish stuff person? up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyway. Yeah, the, the dynamic here is that I, I pull the news items and then Justin like does a live reaction unboxing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, look at all the switches and knobs. Neato. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so I think we're all familiar with the Julia. It's one of yep. the best-selling chorus vibrato pedals out there. And sure. probably has one Even of Even most- I've heard of it. It's <laughs> it a ringing most endorsement unique. right there. Yeah, most unique. <laughs> even even this schmuck has heard about it. <laughs> even, even this idiot who has a podcast has heard of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's also the Julia also has one of the most unique feature sets out there for this kind of effect, and they've gone ahead and updated it to the Juliana, which now features stereo in and out. It's got. Uh, mm. Tap tempo. It's got subdivisions. It's got external tap and expression input. It's crazy. It's it's fully loaded. And, and is that a random waveform? So you've got sine wave, triangle, and then the wave random. shape. What's the yeah random on the bottom? Probably, wave. probably random. <laughs> or or is it shaped like the fish lady? It's fish lady <laughs> shaped. It's fish lady shaped. Um, that's going in the list for show titles. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's a random waveform, which I think for chorus and vibe would be just the coolest. Uh, then there's subdivisions for the tap control. Um, there's momentary secondary controls. So if you hold down the bypass switch, you can assign other settings, and then you access them by holding down the tap switch. So you hold the tap switch and you can set, or you can change it to like a secondary LFO rate. Um, there's something called drift, which is mm. how much it like gently, it will gently speed up and slow down the LFO rate. It's not randomized, but it's variable. So it'll still have a pattern to it. It just it increases and decreases speed kind of, uh, yeah. yeah, less symmetrically, less symmetrically. Yes. <laughs> um, not, Yeah. And then, yeah, so you t- you push and hold tap to make that happen, but pushing and holding bypass lets you set all those secondary functions. Oh, so this is a pedal going to be, yeah. This is mm-hmm. a pedal that just a few weeks ago I would have looked at and been like, no, that's I, I have no use for those features. But yeah. uh, recently, I started listening to um, Tom Mish. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. A, uh, an English guitarist, singer songwriter. He's he's killer. He put out a record with a uh, a drummer named Yusef Days and the single off that record he the guitar tone on it um is this super slow like LFO vibrato pitch shifting thing going on with like a stereo delay between the the left and right uh stereo field and the guitar mm-hmm. and it is one of the coolest sounds i need to actually remember what the name of the song is hold on because you have to go listen to it, but <laughs> I have homework now from Rhett. It's fine. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that sounds very cool. Um, I bet this could do. Well, I don't know if it could do something like that because when you set up stereo with this pedal, it sends wet to one amp and dry to the other. It's not just like ping ponging oh, well, the waveform. Well, that's not stereo oh. at all. Well, I think it's so one of the ways you can set it up. So they say that okay. uh, in the demo I saw from Chicago Music Exchange. They're like, oh, you just set the blend based on your amp, like the difference in amp volume. 
And like, mm-hmm. that seems bogus to me, but if, it's not bogus, but this seems crazy as an option. And, you know, their demos in stereo and tell you right. to listen in headphones, which I did not do. But so <laughs> the song's called Night Rider. If I play this through my microphone, are you guys going to get, you don't have like copyright stuff on. I don't think anybody there. pays attention to us. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so just listen to the guitar tone. Oh. Right? Yeah. Wow. So that's Tom Mish and Yusef Day's Night Rider. You should go check it out. It's really cool. Okay. It's um I wonder if it's like a warped vinyl. From it sounds Chase like Plus. that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That is cool. I'll look that well, up. Um cool I've, update. And I always like the the lag knob, I think is the kind of the killer feature. <clears throat> from oh, these, yeah, yeah, that that kind of um, it's the offset thing, right? I'm remembering correctly. Right, so lag sets the center delay time that the LFO yeah. modulates from. So, wow. right, like those, <laughs> so it's this like, is like a string of words whole, never said before. <laughs> set the thing right, right. Set the the whole thing right next to the guitar sound. Um, and then it's got the DCV control, which stands for dry, chorus, or vibrato. And it's basically a blend of setting the ratio of dry to wet signal through the mono channel. So fully clockwise, it's all vibe. It's all very heavy, pitch shifty, seasick vibrato. At noon, you've got chorus, which is essentially vibrato mixed with dry signal. And then right, right. dry, fully counterclockwise. So you can go totally in between chorus and vibrato and get that the thing that makes the Julia and the Juliana their their whole <laughs> like that's the whole thing about these pedals. Man, I like staring no, sorry. That's such a great <laughs> thing. I, I did a session a few months ago with uh, another guitar player, a guy named Matt Podesla, and he had a Julia on his board, and that was the first time I'd ever really. I've never actually played a Julia. But mm-hmm. after being on the either. session with him and hearing the sounds he got out of it, it was unbelievable, man. It's it's a really it's a unique sound. Like I hate I hate that kind of saying for guitar <laughs> stuff, but it's um, there's not a lot of pedals that sound like that pedal. And I don't know, I see it all over and I hear it all over, I think, without realizing it. And mm-hmm. actually I I use a small clone, an old EHX small clone that just a few days ago started giving me a hard time. And I was like, well, is this it? Is this, I've had this pedal since high school. Is this the big one? Is it time to get a Juliana? <laughs> like, is the pedal <laughs> dead dying? And is it going to tell me to go upgrade? I don't know. So, well, I'm not aren't sure. you glad it's, you didn't? Maybe. Well, this, this thing coming out sort of coinciding with the switch on my pedal crackling and stuff just has me thinking. But yeah, it doesn't have yeah. me thinking for 250 bucks. Like, that's, that's the drag about guitar pedals that are great. Like, I can go, go get a small clone for 75 bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or four interest-free payments of $62.25. Yeah. That was my advertising guy voice. Just uh, an advertising guy. You can't yeah. afford not to buy it. <laughs> right. It's only a good deal if you buy it, right? That's right. <laughs> that's what mm-hmm. I like to say. You can't save unless you spend. You gotta spend money to, to spend money. Spend, yep, <laughs> that's the correct answer. So um, why don't we why don't we do a little? We'll let the robot read the pedal genie ad, and then I'll tell you why I'm probably not going to play a pedal, but mm-hmm. I will tell you what's in this box. And then I would rather just I would rather just talk 
Yeah. I'd rather just talk the rest of this time. How's that sound? Okay, so Rhett, if you're watching the Tone Control live chat, um, something weird is about to happen. <laughs> oh, boy. Fair warning. Yeah, just be careful. Pedal Genie is like the Netflix of guitar pedals. Rent any pedal you want for as long as you want, for one low monthly price. Shipping is included and there are no late fees or time limits. With over 1,500 pedals to try from nearly 100 different manufacturers, Pedal Genie definitely has the gear you want to try. Subscriptions start with Flex at just $19.95 a month. Try out one pedal at a time for as long as you want. Send it back when you're ready for the next one. For only $39.95 a month, the standard subscription includes shipping, so you could have a different pedal every few days. If one isn't enough for you, Pedal Genie Pro gets you three pedals at a time for only $64.95 a month. Shipping included. There's a subscription for everyone and best of all, your first month is free. If you find the pedal of your dreams, the one you just have to keep, Pedal Genie will offer you a buyout option. Prices vary with the length of your membership and the type of pedal, but you'll definitely get an awesome price for the pedal in your hand. So head to PedalGenie.com to fill up your wishlist with pedals, and they'll send out your first pedal ASAP. Pedal Genie, all your pedal wishes granted. Fantastic work. What did I just witness here? Uh, I, I, one of the uh, one of the early episodes that we did after starting on Discord was it the very first time we used Discord, yeah. uh, and we had a a chat group uh, in there with us. For some reason, something came out, and people started putting gifs of butts in the chat, and. <sighs> Oh my God! Like it or not, it has <laughs> never not happened since then. Yeah. So what happened? I think we were like, oh, with a live audience for the first time, it's so crazy and distracting. And like they, like if you come hang out in the chat, you can like I don't know, send butt gifts or something. And then everyone started doing it like right after saying that. And so the episode became, I think the episode title they're spamming is oh, God, the chat they're with spamming butts. The, yeah, they're spamming the chat with butts. So now during the ad read, that's just what we get. It's forced upon us. Yeah. Wow. We are spammed with butts. Oh my God. <laughs> so okay. uh, OG friend of the show, Brian, this is, I can tell this is a uh, important part of his week is he's, collecting. He spends the whole week getting him ready. Yeah. <laughs> I usually forget I about he's it like until we're right there. <laughs> yeah. He's like scrolling the internet late at night. Like, oh, that's a good one. I'll save that one. It's it's really this special is, this is a and available only on only to Patreon subscribers. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, right. Um, so I'm I'm not going to spend a bunch of time on this because we have a special guest, but I do have apparently as oh, I take it out of the box the Benson okay. preamp. Oh, yes. So yep. this is going to be worth fooling around with. Those are great, um, man. I like I yeah. like the look mm. of this. All right. So anyway, that'll we'll, we'll hang on to this for next episode. Cool. Okay. Okay. I don't know a lot about so, that pedal other than it's kind of surrounded with lore and mystique, and everyone loves it. But yeah, I mean, this is one the, that um, I'm. This is one Bliss. I'm sure I'm gonna need to test oh, look on you. my real amps and not just on my plugins. Oh my goodness! Look at that guy. Yeah. So this is basically it's the the Chase Bliss the preamp Mark II you know the one with the moving faders and stuff mm-hmm. but it's the Benson mm-hmm. preamp with some some extra sauce on it it's wow. really really good that Benson preamp's one of my favorite pedals man super good yeah hmm. so, so this is would that have been the Benson preamp Echo just Rec, with extra right? controls uh, yeah so uh, it's this it's a it's a collaboration between Benson and Chase Bliss. And um, it's got, I'm sure people have seen it online. It, it kind of had a bunch of buzz around it when it, it took like three years to develop, I think, which under, mm-hmm. is understandable. It's got flying faders. It's not, mine's not powered up right now, but um, 
Yes, you save <laughs> presets and the faders move. And so it's got this cool mid-frequency control. Uh, you can choose the mid actual frequency and the amount of mids in the, in the signal. You have uh, open or gated fuzz. You have silicone or germanium uh, diode hmm. clipping. It's, it's actually a really, really great tone shaping tool. They're expensive as hell, but yeah, I think for what it does, I think it's actually worth the money. So. Hmm. Are they nice. like $1,100 or something? No, I think they're like seven, seven fifty, seven, like that, seven. Okay, yeah, something like that. that. That's a lot of money. Like, and you got to think of it as something that's not a guitar pedal. It's kind of something else. Yeah, it's honest. Uh, the so I made a video about it, and and the way I would justify it to myself uh, is <laughs> it's a fuzz, an EQ, an overdrive, a boost, a preamp, and a wah. <laughs> <laughs> in one box, essentially, because you can assign yeah. an expression pedal to it, and the expression pedal can control any combination of those faders. And so you can make it a wah by pushing the mid frequency all the way up and then assigning the expression pedal to the mid sweep yeah. and just sweeping the mids back and forth and becomes a really killer Jesus. wah. So, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. All right. Um, I feel like there may be some latency in our our voices now for some reason, but it doesn't mean we can't continue. It may it, pick up. It's possible that the extreme rate of the gifts <laughs> could be <laughs> the have extreme number of butts. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we need to like be careful of the, the magnitude of butts coming into the chat. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, um, we I, I, we do this every time. We have a guest, and then we start talking, and then we start talking about gear, and then I blow through the whole thing of introducing who they actually are. Yeah, and so now we're going to do that halfway through the show. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Rhett Shaw is here. If you didn't know already. Atlanta Nashville based guitarist and YouTuber with over 240,000 subscribers. That's crazy, dude. You should be mm. proud of that. Thank you. Yeah. That's that's it's, impressive. It, yeah, it's nuts. First question, what microphone do you use on your videos? This is a very self-serving question. Uh, Zoom H6 with the XY capsule in it. No and, shit. Really? Yep. Yep. And then, I would have fully believed you if you told me it was a, like a Sennheiser 410. Nope. I'm telling you, man, that's the secret weapon. This The <laughs> H6 is killer. It can right be uh, an audio interface. You can plug it into your computer. It's an audio interface. It comes with a mid-side capsule and an XY capsule. It's got four XLR inputs. It's a powerhouse, man. Wild. Wild. Okay, oh. Derek, the real questions. So, okay, yeah, real questions. I wrote down some questions, and we actually, um, one of our Patreon supporters isn't able to tune in tonight, so he sent in a couple of questions as well. So I'm curious, I know you from YouTube, as I think most people do, how did YouTube start for you? And I'm curious if it was something to, like, supplement being a full-time guitarist? Or is it for fun? Is it, like, what is it? Well, yeah, so I've I've played guitar full time for ten years. I've never really done anything like super momentous, or you know, I've never played any huge gigs or with major artists or anything. But I was able to you know earn a living for ten plus years playing guitar, which is cool. Um, yeah, I've always loved YouTube. 
Um, ever since like 2010, 2011, that's been my primary source of media consumption. I don't really watch Netflix or television or anything else. Mm. I always watch YouTube. And um, right around 2015, I always kind of had it at the back of my mind that, man, I would love to make videos. Um, in 2012, I bought a camera and was that was when I first started touring and I would take the camera around and just like make little videos for myself. Mm-hmm. And then 2014, 2015 is when Casey Neistat started up. And that's uh-huh, when yes. <laughs> I was introduced to the whole like vlogging thing. And what really fascinated me about what he did was he was able to basically wake up and every day tell a compelling story. Um, yeah, and keep I fell you down interested. the Casey Neistat rabbit hole for a while. And I did my own vlogging for a while, which I just had to turn off for life reasons. But it's... It's crazy that he's he basically gives you 10 minutes of his day that are about nothing, and it's captivating. Yeah, because if you actually think about it, he actually just started the vlog again a few days I ago. That, yeah. um, and I was watching it now after a couple of years of YouTube under my belt and, and making, I think I've made probably 500 plus videos at this point. And there's so much more going on to his videos than than you would just guess by watching it on surface mm-hmm. level. Like if you actually dig into what he's doing, he's a really competent filmmaker. Yes. Um, and he's making a really great film and story arc pretty much every day. And that's, he's untouchable in that respect, in my opinion. And it's also, um, it, it looks super effortless and thrown together, which is so yes. difficult to do for real. It's it's yeah, to it throw something not. together. It's it, to have it be that tight and that good and sustainable is not easy. Yeah. It is anything but thrown together. There's a ton of work that goes into him making it look thrown together. Yeah, um, it's <laughs> yeah. So I, I really got interested in it at that point, um, and then at 26, 2015, 2016, I got hooked up with a band called Muddy Magnolias out of Nashville and I started touring a lot. Um, that was when I started working in Nashville and was going up basically every week I was in Nashville. I'd commute during the week and would either be there for rehearsals or we'd go out on the road and then would come, come home for a few days to Atlanta and then drive back and forth. And I did that for a few years. And in 2016, um, well, to back up, you know, earlier I had met uh, Rick Beato and- yeah. That was my first, you know, time being in a recording studio and everything and ended up interning at Rick's studio for a few years. And no, no kidding. That, yeah, that was a huge learning experience for me. Um, learned about running sessions and engineering and recording. And then I ended up playing on a bunch of records, um, dozens and dozens of records I got to play and do session work on. And uh, around 2016, Rick the the production stuff was kind of slowing down for him. And I basically was at a studio one day and essentially told him, hey, he should start a YouTube channel. And um, he kind of pushed back on me a little bit. was like, man, nobody's going to watch some old dude on YouTube. And I was like, man, I think he, he huh. I think you'd be good at it. <laughs> and um, sure he enough. He is good at it, yeah. I was right. He's really good at it. <laughs> He's and, very um, good at it, yeah. Yeah, so... Around like 2017, I'd been on the road constantly and I, Rick's channel had started to get really successful by that point. Um, and the touring gig, I, I just got married and the touring gig I was on had just ended. I was playing for these artists, the artists split up and uh, I was kind of left without a gig for the foreseeable future. And I basically figured 
man, now's the time to just start making videos. I didn't really have anything else going on. I had a few like church gigs and stuff around Atlanta and some teaching stuff. But um, yeah, I started making videos and really fell in love with the process. Um, it was mm -hmm. a great creative outlet and I was becoming a better guitar player and a better engineer and a better producer and and all the things associated with making something every day. So yeah, I really fell in love with it. And then uh, decided basically from the beginning, I decided, okay, I'm going to make YouTube videos now. And my goal was 10,000 subscribers in a year. Wow. Uh, that was my new year's resolution for 2018. Mm. Mm. And I, I made that resolution thinking it was completely unobtainable. It was like a pipe dream. And by the end of the year, I think I had 33,000 subscribers. So it worked out. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. 200,000 yeah. later, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's how it all started. That's awesome. Okay. That's not the answer I expected, I guess. I don't know what I expected, but that's, that's very cool. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that like you just wanted to do it and just went for it. That's, it's kind of refreshing. Yeah. Here's the thing about YouTube. If you're starting a YouTube channel to make money or to get free gear or oh, any yeah. of the reasons I've heard friends of mine approach me for why they want to start a channel. If it's anything but, man, I really love making videos and I, I want to do this because I like doing it, you're not, it's not going to work. Right. The, the work of doing it, not the fact that you have done it, right? Yes. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, if, if they're trying, like, I really love when people watch my videos and get excited. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. But if you really love really working a lot, yeah. Then, then, then you could produce something. Um, I mean, it so, is more uh, than a full time job. Before you ever mm, see a dollar in AdSense or anything, I mean, you're you're working forty plus hours a week, or at least I was starting off working forty plus hours a week making videos and stuff, getting like twenty views, thirty views, um, four subscribers a day. Then the next day, I would have lost six subscribers, and then it was like mm, two oh. subscribers a day. And I mean, it was it was like that for the first eight months, really. So it's, it's hard to believe, I mean, YouTube is this premier platform. It's where everything is and we all spend so much time there. It's hard to believe though, that anyone can, can bottle that, like you get that lightning in a bottle with YouTube and, but it happens all the time. It seems like, but like, then if you were to, to distill that and say like, I'm going to go, there's so many people get, though, <laughs> I'm going to go get a million subscribers this year where do you, there's no rule book, you know, there's no how to. And because it's such a volatile platform, I think there's, there's no way to know. I think if I could boil it down to a few things, um, first and foremost is consistency. So mm -hmm. uploading consistently at least once a week, putting something new up. Um, second thing is quality. Now, quality doesn't have to be like you go out and buy a $6,000 camera rig and $3,000 yeah. worth of lights and it has to look like a Scorsese film or anything like that. Quality can be shot on your smartphone, but the video itself, I mean, again, to go back to the Casey Neistat thing, his videos are shot on a combination of cell phones and GoPros and expensive cameras and cheap cameras. It, sometimes they look haphazard, but the videos are obscenely high quality because he yeah. understands how to produce something. Um, so I think that's important is like finding your voice and finding how you can do your thing at a really high level. Yeah, quality shines through, whether it's 
it's it's not exclusive to the quality high, the quality level of your equipment. It's the quality of your production and writing and or maybe not writing, but like the the creation of your story, the the narrative. Right. Yeah. So speaking of YouTube, then what is what is your process like for making a video? Like I'm going to make a video on a Helix preset, or I'm going to make a video on this pedal demo, or something like that. How do you start that? So. Uh, it's different every time. <laughs> um, I have a Fair. whiteboard over here on my door that has a list of video ideas. And there's probably 15 video ideas on there right now. And of those 15, I'll probably make one of them. I think maybe <laughs> one is a good idea. The rest are not good ideas. So I kind of start with an idea. And that idea is either a title. Generally, that's the best way. I can I can do it uh, is have the title in mind. Okay. The hardest the hardest part of YouTube and the part that I hate the most out of everything, but it's the most important part is titles and thumbnails. Yeah. You can have the best video you've ever made and it has a shitty title and a shitty thumbnail and nobody will watch it. Conversely, you can throw a video together that has. Okay, so the first video I ever had that went over a million views. It's like two million something now was a video that took me an hour to make and 30 <laughs> minutes to edit. It was, I just got an idea on a Sunday afternoon and it was, oh man, five things I wish I knew as a beginner guitar player. Okay, that's, that'll be cool. And I just, just did it in basically one take and it blew up because it was catchy title, catchy thumbnail. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I usually try and start with the title and then I kind of explore, all right, well, what's the story like, what's the arc going to be? So tomorrow I'm going to shoot a video. Um, it's going to be, what is the orange sound? I did a video last oh, okay. week on what is the, what is the Dumble sound. Um, and it did well, and it was a fun video to make. So I'm going to do it on orange amps. And so the, the idea, the story is basically going to be, you know, um, I have this orange behind me. It's an AD30 from the early mm -hmm. or late 90s, single channel orange. But that's actually not the orange amp sound. The orange amp sound is like the original Matt amp and the original yeah. OR100 and stuff. And Rick has basically all of those amps. So I'm going to start the video by talking about the history of orange and the orange sound playing that amp. And then basically saying that's actually not the orange sound. This is the orange sound and going and playing those old amps. Mm -hmm. um, so... Yeah, it's and then it's just a matter of kind of storyboarding it out and then executing the uh, the different parts of it. You know, that's nice. at least one way to do it. Yeah. So <laughs> sort of tied to that, how long does it take? I know you just said the Dumble video was last week, and I I saw that. Um, so are you like filming a lot in advance and and sitting on videos to deploy? No. Kind of week to week? No. <laughs> no. I, I film a video and put it up. And then oh, cool. I cool. sit and, and twiddle my thumbs until I have another video idea. That's nice. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So consistency awesome. by the seat of your pants then. Yeah. Like literally my career is just like white knuckling, holding on for dear life. Like, cool, that video did well. What's my next video going to be? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And like I'm sure with, with YouTube, with something that is like so... It's just you grab that public attention for a second and it's like, what was it about it? Was it the content? Was it like, it's a perfect storm of things. And then that, like you said, that white knuckle, like, how do I do it again? 
<laughs> like that must be my, nerve-wracking. The last few years of my life have been pouring over YouTube analytics and getting on phone calls with other friends of mine that do YouTube and like just lamenting to my wife about like, oh, my last three videos have flopped. Why don't, why don't, can't I figure it out? And then I have one video that does well and then have no idea why it does well and can't replicate. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's all hmm. over the place. So weird. I'm, I'm really curious like how other, what the other contributing factors are that are outside of everyone's control have to do with how YouTube performs, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, I'm sure some like, things you can, you quarantine can, has changed YouTube dramatically, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Well, and the, and the other thing, too, is the, co- the algorithm is constantly shifting. So mm-hmm. you'll kind of find a pattern you'll, you'll get into. And you can go at, <laughs> this is an interesting experiment to, to go and look at. You can look at almost anybody's YouTube channel that has a pretty active and engaged YouTube channel. And you can sort of see streaks, okay? You can look at this on my channel, Rick's channel, Mary Spender's channel, Paul David's, whoever it is. And you can see, oh man, look at the views of their videos. Like, man, they were on a hot streak there. They had two or three videos that really killed it. And then, oh man, then they flopped for like a month. Like all hmm. of July was just bad video, bad video, bad video. And sometimes that's just the algorithm shifting in a way. And then you kind of have to figure out, well, wait a second, what worked six weeks ago is not working now. Hmm. So I have to kind of shift what I'm doing to try and figure it's it out crazy. again. It seems so yeah, like, resurface. So- so unsustainable yet it's it, people still do it yeah crazy well good work <laughs> <laughs> thanks <laughs> um so talk to us about backstage live and most I'm, I'm mostly curious about this live stream culture now with with lockdown and not being able to play live music <laughs> does it even get close to an air quotes real gig yes Yes, actually it does, which surprised me hmm. after the first show. So so Backstage Live is a, a live show series that I started back in July. I actually started it in March, but it took four or five months of work and planning to pull off the first show. So um, like most people in 2021, I had a bunch of plans. I had a, a couple of really cool tours lined up that I was going to be going on this summer and a bunch of really cool shows. And obviously that all went to hell. So, um, my, it was actually originally my dad's idea. He came to me one day and basically said, you need to start doing live stream shows on your YouTube channel, put a band together and just start streaming shows. And at first it started as like, okay, cool. Yeah. I've got some cameras and we got some mics. It'll be easy. We'll just like throw some cameras together and mic some stuff Mm -hmm. up and we'll make it live. And then it quickly turned into a massive project and like, you know, (laughs) tens of thousands of dollars worth of gear and and infrastructure later, we basically have a full-on broadcast studio in my basement. (laughs) And uh, so we put on these live stream, full band, multi-camera, fully mixed, I I would dare to say studio quality shows that are happening live on my YouTube channel. Pretty great to me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, to do a live stream and not have it sound like dog is like a, such a feat, you know, it's everyone and their brothers doing music live streams, myself included. My band did one and we threw it together with iPhones and OBS and it was like manageable. It was fine and people enjoyed it and it was fun, but it's not a production. Like what you're doing is a whole 
it's a whole friggin' thing. It's a production. <laughs> yeah, so I need to shout out um, Andy McDonald. Andy's a friend of mine. He's an engineer, um, audio engineer. And he basically, I came to him and said, hey, here's what I want to do. And he is the brainchild behind this whole system. And he's the guy mixing the show live. Um, yeah. So he really is the hero. You know, he, he's doing all the the hard work behind the scenes. But yeah, we have like seven cameras and we have a handheld camera operator friend of mine who who's a DP on like film production and stuff here in Atlanta and commercial shoots and stuff. And we have lights and haze and um, 28 channels. And, you know, it's it's oh, wow. a full on show down here that's mixed live. So um, I wouldn't recommend it to people, <laughs> to be honest. Um Looking back on it, there were multiple times before the first show where we all just were like, holy shit, what are we doing? This is dumb. Like trying to do, all- I spent $3,000 in cables, like SDI cables and microphone cables and, and quarter inch cables. And, you know, so we luckily, what was really cool is I, I basically, we, we had a bunch of sponsors come on board, Universal Audio and Moog and Ampeg and, and Hercules stands. A bunch of people came on board and donated gear. And then... I basically put it out to my subscribers and said, hey guys, before the first show, it was a total just like shot in the dark. Please, would you be willing to donate to support this show that you haven't seen yet and you don't know what it's going to be like? <laughs> and the subscribers showed up and they donated and basically covered all of our costs, our upstart costs from the beginning. So we basically didn't have to pay out of pocket for anything, which was that amazing. Awesome. Um, that was huge. Yeah, so huge, huge thanks to them. Uh, we would not be doing this without the the YouTube channel and the subscribers. So, yeah. That's great. Um, and so but, those are monthly, is that right? They're monthly right now. I'd like to get to the point where we're doing them every two weeks, but scheduling is, mm-hmm. is tough. Um, all the guys in my band all do other stuff. Portier, our keys player and singer, is a producer. Philip Conrad, our bass player, is a boom operator on film sets here in Atlanta. Um, Chadman is a full-time drummer and, and, you know, does, does writing and production stuff as well. So we all have other gigs, but I'd like to get to the point where the, the real goal with this is to basically start putting out our original music and hopefully whenever things get back to somewhat normal, we can actually go out and start doing like real live shows. (laughs) So (laughs) that's the idea. So this is a band that didn't, this didn't exist before. Backstage live. This no, we've only played together like ten times in total. That's so um, neat. Less than that, actually. So I've played with all these guys separately for years. So yeah. Chad and Phil and I all went to music school together ten years ago. Um, Philip and I, the bass player, he and I have toured together with an artist named Noah Guthrie for almost ten years. Chad and I played in like a lounge jazz band for a long time, and he used to come play with Muddy Magnolias. And then Jamie Portier. Um, he and I used to write and, and produce stuff together and, and play here locally in Atlanta. And so literally it was my dream band of guys. If I could have picked huh. any four people to put together, uh, including Andy, our engineer, it was, it was that. So that's great. That is great. That is. Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to the next one for sure. Thanks man. October 10th. Next show. Oh, I'm at a wedding that day. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Just skip the wedding, man. What do you? <laughs> I, you have a phone. Yeah, I, I can't. I'm the photographer no, at don't the wedding. Do I have to oh, be there. Oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the good news is they stay up. the The streams yeah, stay yeah. up on YouTube. So yeah. they're yeah. Watch it later. Um. So next question is from Eric. 
And Eric is the one who's popping in and out of the the booth tonight. I don't know what he's doing or where he is, but Eric is is in and out of the chat. Um, he's he's a guitarist by the by job, right? He is a music teacher. He's a full time guitar player. He's one of the few people in our community that does music as their real thing, their real nine to five job job. Nice. Um, he's he's kind of asking. He, we were talking about it earlier, and it's it's a weird nebulous question, and we sort of boiled it down to is being a professional guitarist what you expected it would be and mm. what what isn't what you thought it would be um yes and no so for me the youtube thing's only like 2 years old 2 and a half years okay. old so most of my time since 2010 i graduated school in like 2000 yeah, 2010, 2011, whatever. And I've been playing, I haven't had to have a day job since. So I count that as being a professional musician. I've been able to yeah, like yeah. make ends meet with guitar Full stuff. Full agree. So I, like I said, I've never been like on any huge gigs. I've never really, you know, I've done some cool stuff, but I've never had like the high profile thing. I've never played on any massive records. I've never played for any huge artists or any of that kind of stuff. I've been sort of just your local hired gun guy used to teach guitar lessons and stuff. That was pretty much what I expected. I didn't expect it to be as difficult as it was um, to get those opportunities. I kind of expected when I graduated music school to be able to like, you know, all right, go straight up to Nashville and here's your, you know, gig playing with your, you know, name whatever country star and you're touring the world and everything. <laughs> Here's your uh, musician card. Yeah, exactly. Now <laughs> yeah. I have friends that did that and I have friends that play yeah. on these high profile gigs. It just never happened for me. And mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I kind of, that was an expectation that got dashed. And to be honest, I'm really glad that that didn't happen for me. Um, mm. That part of the industry is, it's really great. Not Like I said, I have friends that do those super high profile gigs and everything, but knowing myself and my personality, I don't do well working for other people. Um, and obviously being a hired gun on a high profile gig like that, you are not just working for the artist, you're working for the music director, the artist, the tour manager, mm -hmm. the artist's team, the producer. There's mm -hmm. so many people that you have to answer to. Um, and that just doesn't fit my personality type. So the other part that I definitely didn't expect was YouTube because you know, yeah. when I started playing professionally, <laughs> there was no like YouTube career to be had. So um, yeah. it's a relatively new thing. Interesting. That's cool. That, um, that's actually, yeah, that, that is interesting to hear because, and, and um, I don't know if encouraging is the right word, but like uh, there's a lot of mystique obviously about Th that whole sector, like somebody whose job it is to play guitar or to be a musician in general. And a lot of that really is like, oh yeah. And then I'll, you know, get found or whatever. Yeah. Right. And, and that is so like, you know, if, if superstar musicians are a small enough slice of the human population, you know, like it's, it's still the same, like for professional musicians, you know, almost everybody mm -hmm. is not doing that. And so like, that's, um, you know, that, that's, it's, it's such a, a more, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it 
for me, I don't know where I'm like struggling to, to find this thought in here, <laughs> but like, it, it's like happier for me to imagine somebody dreaming about this life where it's not like, I'm not dreaming to like have this thing that will almost certainly never happen. But this other yeah, thing yeah. that's like really happy and like, I get to do, uh, you know, I get to do work that doesn't feel like work. Right. And it doesn't, it doesn't have a like, uh, and, and there's a, there's a, a stadium show in the distance that I'm aiming for kind of thing or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, that, that's a whole, that's a whole part of the world that I think ought to be dreamed about. And, and maybe, I don't know, maybe, well, maybe some of the extra, you know, what was it? 25% of female people who bought guitars oh, yeah. this past yeah. couple of months can, <laughs> can, you know, we can, you know, they, they can have awesome dreams and, and stuff like that. Anyway, well, I think yeah, I, I think I just I, got extremely nebulous there for a second. Well, <laughs> so here's uh, like to tag onto that for a second. There, there is, so there's a model and there's a way to do it properly. Okay. And I, I say that because I've seen, I've gotten to know people because of the YouTube channel, not because of my career as a guitar player, but guys like Kenny Greenberg and Tim Pierce. So Kenny Greenberg and Tim Pierce are guys that I really look up to. They're, they're older, they're in their, you know, mid to late fifties. And they've been playing full-time since, you know, their late teens, early 20s. Kenny Greenberg is a Nashville guy. Um, hired he, he tours with Kenny Chesney and Bonnie Raitt and a bunch hmm. of other people. And, you know, Tim Pierce, if you don't know from YouTube, is has been on almost every record you l- listen to for the last, like, 35 <laughs> years out in L.A. Yeah. He's a legend. Um, and l- looking at those guys' careers and how they've gotten to where they are now, the thing, the common thread between them two and other people that I've gotten to know that are that are like that is you build your career on a combination of things. One is doing the hired gun sort of high-profile gigs or the sessions or whatever you're doing, but you need to find something early on that you own and that you have your name on. And, and for me, it's the YouTube channel. Um, for Kenny Greenberg, it's songwriting and production. For Tim Pierce, it's his YouTube channel now. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to have that thing, that, that was something that I lacked for a really long time. And I, was, I always, always felt like I was missing something, which mm-hmm. is I really wanted to be my own entity. I really didn't want to work for other people. I really wasn't interested in traveling the world and touring for another artist. And I only figured that out once I got to do it. Once I started playing, you know, the <laughs> arena shows and opening slots and like traveling around the world. And I kind of got that thing that I dreamt of for so long. I was like, oh, well, this is just a bigger version of like playing a bar gig or something. It, it mm. was cool. And I was really grateful to do it, but it didn't like scratch that itch. It, that well, it doesn't I satisfy really had. It the same way. Yeah. Not yeah. as much as it does when you own something like when you have your name on something and it starts to gain recognition or earn money or, or whatever that version of that is for you. Mm -hmm. Like that's really important. I think Mm -hmm. like when you have a a good idea, that's going to be a ton of work and cost a lot of money and you can literally ask your subscribers (laughs) for help and they actually do it. (laughs) Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. So to answer your question from earlier, it's like, yeah, it does kind of feel like a live show in the fact that before we do it, we kind of have that energy, like that, you know, that pre-gig, like you're yep, about yeah. to go on stage, sort of just yep. kind of thing in your oh, gut. God, I miss right? it so much. <laughs> yeah, well, we get that. We're just in our basement. And there's nobody here because of COVID, but yeah, you get that. And then while you're actually playing, even though there's nobody in the room, you're still, there's that sort of thing in your mind that happens, which is like, this is live right now. And, and mm. th- kind of riding that knife edge of not screwing up and 
playing musically. You know, so it's funny. My band did a radio spot last week or two weeks ago or so, and it was it was technically not live. It was recorded and then rebroadcast one hour later. So it was like we recorded from or not even an hour later, twenty minutes after we finished, it was on the air. But um, it was just our the four guys and the radio guy and a producer guy, and it was like. The fastest, like, bing, bang, boom, we're done, we're out of there, we're on the way home listening to our our crappy take in the car. And it didn't (laughs) have that, like, I was so excited to do something that kind of resembled a gig, and it didn't have that buzzy energy. And I think it's because maybe it wasn't truly live, and it wasn't in front of more than two people. But it was, right. (laughs) it's like the only thing closely resembling a gig that we've had this whole year, so I took it. It was great. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I think it really is more about it's less about the people in the room and it's more about the fact of it actually being live. Like when you have that thing yeah. in the back of your head, that's, you know, man, there's, I can't see them, but there's, you know, 1500 or 2000 people watching this right now all over the place. Like I yeah. better not well, screw what's, up What's this. funny about the radio thing is we're like, oh, this has the potential to be our largest audience ever. Cause we're just a local rock band. <laughs> And we play in these small, small shows. Like the most I think we've played to is like 200 or 250. And like, wow, this is a big broadcast area. It's, it's Concord, New Hampshire. It's the capital city. Like there's a a lot of bodies that are here and a lot of potential. And then before it was so funny, we're on the way home and we lost the station just from distance halfway through the first song. (laughs) We we didn't even hear our whole thing. We're like, well, that was fine, I guess. Whatever, it's fun. Got to play guitar for an hour. Who cares? (laughs) Oh, man. Hey, a gig is a gig, man. Yeah, right. Even the crappy ones are still gigs. Like, it's that whole thing. I'd I'd play guitar even if nobody listened, but it's nice when they do. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Right. Um, follow-up question from Eric, who is in the market for a tremolo pedal. What tremolo would you walk into a store right now and buy? Just like right out of the gate. Uh, Flint. Strymon Flint. Oh, that was or on his list. The, we were talking about it. The Empress Tremolo 2. If you don't need the reverb, uh, the Empress Tremolo 2. My wife bought me that like five years ago for my birthday. And it stayed on my main board for about four and a half years. Yeah, it's killer. Sweet. The Flint has been on my list for a long time. I have those other, I have those sounds covered in other pedals, but something about the Flint is so magical and so perfect mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it's, it's always, I'll probably get one someday. I just, I don't know. I have a copper sound tremolo and uh, an old blood noise reverb. That's like super weird and, and does all kinds of extra stuff, but that's Dryman stuff. They've got it figured out. Oh wait, did Dryman well, have their speak- announcement today? Well, actually I'll just, show you oh dang That's, there it is the yeah. night sky oh, no. so, so this came out today right they announced this thing yes i've not seen um, any press about it because i was busy at work <laughs> i yeah i didn't do a video or anything because i i'm i d- didn't really want to like jump on the hype train of this mm-hmm. and i haven't been able to spend enough time with it to really figure it out and know if i dig it or not but it's the night sky time warped reverberator. Rever- oh Jesus Christ! Time warped <laughs> reverberator. <laughs> reverberator. Okay. Rever- Something like the that, that guy from the uh, <laughs> Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> um, so okay, how do you explain this? I am not totally sure that this was designed for guitar players. It's definitely oh. a usable guitar pedal. 
Um, sounds great in the effects loop of an amp if you're after that super ambient, vibey reverb sound. This will do reverb sounds that I've never been able to get with anything else. I just don't know that they're all that usable from like a normal guitar player gigging sort of perspective. It. it seems yes. to be more geared towards like the synth world, the modular world, like kind of experimental soundscape. Okay. Sort of I know thing. what you're saying. Um, I was just looking at Strymon's yeah. site. That goes live at 8 p.m. Pacific, which is not now. Oh. So we got the scoop here. Well, you got the scoop. <laughs> but although this technically doesn't go live until Monday, so that's true. Yeah. So well, just the, just the you people and me, in the so. Discord got the scoop. You, me, and OG friend of the show Brian got the scoop. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Cool. I used it on the on the last. So our last backstage live show was this past weekend, and I I just decided I was like, hey, this will be fun. I'll just throw it in the effects loop of the amp that I'm using and. Um, I might just kick it on. It'll be fun. Maybe some people figured out. And I used it and couldn't figure out how to turn it off. So we finished a song <laughs> and it was still going. Like the reverb trails were going and going and going and they weren't dying out. And it was during a part in the set where we were supposed to like talk and plug some stuff. And I'm trying to talk and there's this washy ambient reverb going on underneath me. Underneath me. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so it was a fun, <laughs> a little fun more moment. obvious than you intended. Yeah, so people were like, "Oh, that's the new Strymon pedals." Yeah, I wasn't supposed to. Give <laughs> He's it totally away. doing that uh, on purpose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, so oh, man. So I was wondering if you had that Strymon pedal, and now I'm I'm also kind of curious based on that answer. Is there some new piece of gear that you are most excited to try out? Slash, sort of part two of the same question. What's a piece of gear that's at the top of your wish list right now? Well, I'm, I'm pretty lucky and, and privileged because of the YouTube channel, I get access to a lot of gear. Um, yeah. it's, it's a great side effect of having a YouTube channel <laughs> that talks about gear so much. Um, something that I'm really excited to have is actually a pedal that I bought a couple of weeks ago. Um, hold on. You can tell I'm uh, prepared for this. The, <laughs> the, the no more spaceman. <laughs> you mean all those questions we sent you in advance? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I bought this the other day. It's the Polaris Overdrive from Spaceman. Um, I've this heard thing, of Spaceman. Yeah, this is really, really cool. So it's essentially like a blues breaker-ish circuit, but it has mm. like a four-pole resonant filter built in. And it just does things that other overdrives I've had just don't do. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that. And then in terms of just wish list stuff, quite honestly, it's all camera gear, which I know is not <laughs> yeah. on brand for you oh, guys. Yeah, but I was curious. What are you on right now? Is this your main YouTube rig? Yeah. So uh, my Sony A7 III right now cool. with a Sigma 3514. Nice. The art lenses, which are super those, great for the money. Those man. things are so great. Yeah. I yeah. I rented the gosh, what was it? Might have been the 35. They make that 18 to 20, 18 to 24. Is that what it is? Uh the, the art lens, the 18 to 35. Yeah. One, 18 yeah, to 35. One, four, yeah. Yeah. That thing's great too. Those things are terrible this for is, video. That one's really? terrible for video because the focus motor is so loud. Oh, um, okay. if you have, oh, dear. yeah, if you have a, uh, a mic on your camera and you're trying to like do the vlog thing, first of all, it's crazy heavy. So you can't mm. like do the, you know, vlogger thing where you hang it out in front of you. Like, what's up YouTube? Smash that like button. 
Because the camera. <laughs> this uh, is going to be a yeah. quick one because my camera's heavy <laughs> as hell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to use um, a 60D back when that was the thing. And yeah. again, yeah, heavy. I, a couple of years ago, changed to a mirrorless. I went to the Canon M50 and I have um, an old EOS 40 millimeter with an adapter for the M series thing. And it's got one of those fly by wire focus rings. It's yep. super weird. You can kind of hear it. Uh, like just when you're operating it, you can hear it. It doesn't make its way into the video, luckily, but camera goes Man, freaking crazy I, now. Right before I came on here, I I uh, wrote, uh, I've never had to do this before, but I I wrote a pitch to Black Magic Design because I'm trying to uh. get them to come on as a sponsor for the live show. Um, mm-hmm. If it, Guys, if you think guitar gear is expensive, camera and live <laughs> broadcast stuff is just another level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't typically do like a ton of sponsored kind of content on my channel, but we just had to <laughs> for the, the live show. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to get them to give me a whole suite of like their live broadcast little cameras and those, the, the pocket cinema camera 6k. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's yeah. a, a handheld DSLR that shoots 6k, like 10 bit raw 422. It's, unbelievable it's ludicrous so, like <laughs> yeah and here i am like so, i don't have enough storage space for 4k so 1080p is fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so now we've alienated uh most of your audience that doesn't give a shit about camera i have stuff. a um, <laughs> right I'm, yeah. I'm running on a macbook right here yeah it's really yeah, on top it's, of I got the line my, i can cool, see you just fine <laughs> my my 2013 imac that has served me well that is being replaced tomorrow so <laughs> this is her this is her uh, final voyage this is the wow. final tone control voyage for this computer this thing has been through it all so you're um, not going to wait for the new apple silicon then huh i just i don't we talked about this at length justin and i um i just can't like i use the pro apps all the time i'm i'm a final right. cut user and a logic user and you know it's just this is seven years old and it can do it it's technically fine but it's so yeah. slow and it just freaks out You guys out would have an easier time than I would using Logic and, and Final Cut and stuff because yeah, I right, you're run Pro tools, tools and stuff over here. I'm sure I'll be years away from true effective stability if I was to get a new computer right now or, yeah. or the Sil- Apple Silicon. But anyway. Um, I think, so Brian's the only one here in the chat and he mentioned a minute ago that he really enjoyed your Helix videos, and I agree. I have an HX Stomp, and when I was getting set up with that, I was using your channel heavily for research purposes for science. <laughs> nice. um, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm going to ask Brian to post a picture of his Helix rig in the chat for you to check out because it's absurdly. He, he asked a little earlier too. How was the Line Six experience with Fluff and Jeff Loomis? Yeah, so that's he's talking about uh, Winter Nam this past year. Um, R.I.P. Mm. Nam. I <laughs> I did a panel. Um, it was, yeah, it was me, Chris Buck, Jeff Loomis, and Ryan Bruce, aka Fluff, and we we it was like a Q and A kind of panel thing. Um, it was actually really cool, except for I was. If you've ever been, to, have you guys been to Nam before? You've done like no. the Winter Nam thing. I've not. It's. It's a sensory overload. It's like three and a half or four days of just way too much noise and and you can't hear people. And so I was brain dead. Um, I saw the video playback of it a few months ago and was like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe I even got <laughs> through that because 
they were asking questions and I was like, uh, yeah, the, the helix is great, man. I really like it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, it was cool. That's the first time I got to re- uh, meet Bruce, uh, or Ryan fluff. And, uh, um, we had him on the show cool. ages ago. He was a fun guest. He's, yeah, he's, su- he's a super cool guy. And Chris Buck too. Um, both those guys were, were cool. Oh, that's a nice helix rig, Brian. This is Brian's yeah. second Helix rig. This is the backup rig. Well, <laughs> holy shit. There man. it is. Good That's God. All one. right. So you got the Temple board with the Helix, the Mesa cab. Jesus, dude. You don't play yeah, around. Seymour Duncan amp. Well, you should have seen his rig yeah. before this. It was absolutely bonkers. It was like the, what do you have, a full full Mesa stack and the yeah, Triaxis stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> It wow. was wild. He sent us that early in, in tone control history, and we were like, oh, my God. You know, Brian with the rig, and we, we were asking people at the time, still still officially are asking people, to send us pictures of their rigs, and we'll post them on social media and stuff. And Brian was the first one to do it, and we called the segment Brian, or um, what was it? Bodacious Brian's Big Big Rigs and Sometimes Little Rigs too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We haven't rolled that one out in a while. There yeah. you go, man. That's a uh, props, cool. Brian, for the clean there wiring job. That's the original rig. I mean, oh, hold on. Let me. I'm 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 zoomed into his his other rig. He just sent me here. Hold on. Let me back out. Holy shit! Yeah, the, the double mesas with the Roland JC120 head for clean tones. <laughs> All right, so Brian, you were <laughs> doing some touring. Uh, banana he's, for scale. He's a, yeah. <laughs> That that that's a roadworthy rig for sure. You've got the nine oh six placed on the cabinet there, and then the decimator. What is that in the rack? I think it was a decimator. I think it's a noise gate, right? Yeah, decimator. Wow. Yeah, that's what that is. Hell yeah, man! Rock and roll. Rock Props. and roll forever. Triaxis. Really cool. Oh, triaxis. Nice, man. Yeah, that's a that's a great. I I love looking at touring rigs because I love the sort of uh, logistics that go into building a rig that is capable of spending months and months out on the road. Um, that, yeah, that is that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. There's something about really clean wiring and stuff that's so satisfying, like really tight For pedal sure. boards that are just, everything's nice at 90 degrees. Like it's yep. just so, I have a um, a pedal train, I don't know, is it a Novo 24? Some, some like one of their medium-sized pedal boards. And it's just regular Velcro. No matter what I do, it always looks like shit, right? There's nothing I can do to, to not have it constantly attract dog hair and dust. And things right. kind of eventually turn a little bit sideways. And I know I could go with like 3M dual lock, but eh, yeah. That's the <laughs> Velcro's move. been good. Yeah. Dual lock is the move. You just have to have the um, the car trim removal tools you know those like little plastic crowbars and stuff that they use yeah. in body shops and stuff you have to have uh, those to get the um the pedals off the board that's wild that's yeah. what holds on like crazy <laughs> um yeah i was watching a video uh, a gig rig video dan at the gig rig and mm-hmm. he was putting i think he was building a pedal board for somebody and it had some giant pedal on it it was like a um Brassmaster, so it's like one of those big, like bigger than a big muff style pedal, and right. it velcroed it down. But he put a wedge of velcro on the bottom, so you could pull it from the the pointy end and really mm-hmm. easily pull it up. But the surface area of the velcro was still huge, and it made it really easy to stay on the board. That's very, cool. very smart idea. 
Yeah, I've never heard yeah. of that before. It's it's clever. Um, yeah, pedal boards over in the corner, looking sad. <laughs> so anyway, I think like that's it, Brian. In the chat, the one the one fan. Do you have any questions for Rhett? <laughs> like this is kind of where we are. <laughs> Oh, Eric just swooped in at the last <laughs> second. Eric, Eric we're wrapping again. up here, bud. What do you got? Waiting Man. patiently for the... Ch- oh, there he goes. He's gone. All right. Well, <laughs> All right. See ya. Yeah, bud, <laughs> Later, Gator. He was, he, he's actually at rehearsal. He's, he's our bud who's you know doing guitar full time. And he's like, I'm so pissed. I can't make it tonight. I've got this gig rehearsal. I was like, no, look, this is like this is the year with no gigs. Please go practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, he says he went down the Helix path because of your videos. That's cool. Nice, man. Yeah, so I, I've really enjoyed the Helix platform. I think it's the best. So in terms of all the modelers, um, I think XFX3 sounds the best. If you're looking for the most like authentic tube sound, amp sound, the XFX3 is hard to beat. Um, it had better be at, what is it, three three grand, something it's like that? super expensive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's also really tough to work. Or you have to have the computer app to really use it. Um, mm-hmm. And then the Kemper is the old tried and true. And it's it's great, but it is a little long in the tooth. So for me, Helix is kind of the Goldilocks zone. I think the probably the best guitar piece of gear on the market today, just all around, is uh, the HX Stomp. Yeah, that's what I'm running here. Yeah, it's freaking, it's mm-hmm. the best. I um. I have it on my pedal board and the pedal board it's on is in the effects loop of Helix, of the HX top. And it's yep. the best rig I've ever had. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Um, yeah, man. I was actually just talking to someone, actually someone in your discord server this morning uh, with Helix three, whenever that is dropped, um, they're adding two more blocks to HX stomp. Really? Yeah. With just a software to, update, apparently just a software update. Yeah. So they're adding, Two more blocks and then a bunch of other effects and amps and all the usual updates and cool features. I was talking to one of their developers on Twitter ages ago now, and he was like, that's not even the coolest stuff. So hold on to your butts. Ooh. All right. Well, I'm going to so. text my Line 6 guy after this. And, and just, hey, man, <laughs> I <what's>, heard that. <laughs> I heard a little yeah. rumor. Uh, yeah. Um, that's awesome. Well, anyway, I think we're done here. Thank you, Rhett, so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us on the Tone Control. It's great having you. Thank you guys so much for having me, man. This is um, genuinely, it was, it was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. This well, is great, like I although before, I feel really uncomfortable about my video now um, because I've been <laughs> in this. Uh, we've been doing this together with just the two of us on video yeah. for a while, and you know we don't have... Uh, I don't have a key light. I don't have a, a nice lens. It's yeah, everything's well, rough. So I'm glad we'll I could video shame you. My my uh, my job here is done. I guess <laughs> way to go. <laughs> hey everybody. It's Justin again. Hey, we've had a lot of fun here today, but none of it would be possible without our patrons. So we'd like to say thanks to Brian Gower and Kyle McIntyre of the Tone Jerks podcast, Andrew Walsh, Jamie Evans, Jeffrey Wright, Douglas King, Sean Wright of Lollygagger Effects, Doug Gann, Righteous Ryan Johnson, Doug Christ of 37 Effects, Steve Huffman, Jonas Sabatini, Eric Garibaldi, and of course, OG friend of the show, Brian Rizzi. Hey, thanks, guys. To join Patreon and support the show, 
please, please check the link in our show notes and please join us on Discord. Link is also in the show notes. Thanks very much. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. 